Good morning. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and this is episode 63. And I tell you, if I had was in the studio and I had Jacques here from Bridgeland Distillery, we couldn't match this because we are in Bridgeland Distillery. And Jacques, tell us a little bit what, what, what got you started here. Yeah, good morning. My name is Jacques Tremblay. I am uh, used to be a geomatics engineer. Uh, that was my career. Two years ago, I, uh, I switched over and we started a distillery. So let's go back, because geomatics, is, that's about, what is that? That's spatial geography. Yeah, exactly, spatial data to help people make decisions. So yeah. for instance, I was working for a company making 911 system. So I used to be solving problem, now I guess making alcohol, I'm part of the problem, right? <laughs> so, but you, because you and I talked offline a little bit, and you said, I, I, I got into this because I wanted to look for something that when I'm retired. But That's I'm, it. I'm 53, and you're a lot younger than me. No, so. I'm 53 too. You are 53? Okay. <laughs> okay, we're the same age, but literally, this place is, I, I come in here, and I'm sorry, Daniel just joined us, your founder, your partner, you guys yep. are partners. Yes. Yep. So Daniel, let's, let's give Daniel the mic a little bit and introduce <laughs> yourself before we can go back to this, this wonderful little establishment you have here. Great, thank you. Yes, yeah, I'm Daniel Ponzik. I uh, I was actually uh, born in Bridgeland. Uh, yeah, my family is uh, immigrated from Italy in 1975. We're from the Piemonte region in Italy, about uh, 20 minutes uh, from Torino, Turin. From Torino, which is north, kind of up northern Italy. It's very similar to Calgary. In the Olympics in Turin. Yes, the yeah. Olympics in 06. Okay. Exactly. So, and my family, they're vineyard farmers. Yeah, and. Uh, so my family moved in 1975. I was born here at the General Hospital. Uh, and it's no longer there. I was also born there years, yes. a few more years yeah. earlier than you. But yeah, it's gone. There's just condos. Yeah, 20 and years after I was born there, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something right. There's something there. I was something in the water. Bridge, yeah, I was standing on Bridge Crescent watching it implode. Uh, wow. In 98. Uh, Did you get photos of that? Uh, no, not at the time. Oh, man, yeah. isn't that crazy? Yeah. The amount of video footage of the... Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, exactly. we're, we're getting hey, distracted. We're distracting. I was born there. Uh, <laughs> Grew up in Bridgeland, grew yeah. up in, uh, went to school here in St. Angela's, went eventually to St. Alphonsus, junior high, went to St. Alphonsus, over in, in Mayland Heights? Uh, well, Renfrew, Renfrew. Renfrew, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Renfrew. Yeah, so went there from oh, 7 yeah. to 9, uh, actually met my uh, current wife there. Yeah. Uh, at San Alfonso's. Yes. Because yeah. I, I worked at the Fanning Center, if you go way back. Oh, okay. Right there. Yeah. I mean, San Alfonso, I think it's on that strip road. No. Yeah, it's, uh, what's it called there? But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just up the hill. We're here uh, to talk distill. <laughs> we're here to talk whiskey. <laughs> I went to St. Francis, yeah. uh, graduated, went to University of Calgary, uh, became an electrical engineer. I did that for 20 years. So both of you are in your... So Jacques, he comes from Quebec City. Yep. You both come together. Neither of you have anything to do with distilling. No, but I've been making wine basically in Bridgeland my entire life. In your basement? Um, yeah, every once in a while, <laughs> the batch went bad, and, yeah. and uh, you'd want to try and fix that, and we did that with uh, distilling it into oh, really? brandy. So eventually got decent at that as well. Wait, wait, uh, so you stumbled, this, this is really bad, and someone, did your dad, was it the input said, hey, we can make whiskey out of this or a brandy? Uh, brandy? Yeah. Um, well, actually, uh, there was a family uh, friend at yeah. the church yeah. who was the kind of local guy <laughs> who uh, made grappa for everyone at oh, church. Oh, wow. And eventually I got my first still from him. Uh, his name was Enrico Franzon. Yeah. And a uh, good Veneto, uh, from the Veneto region. This in is crazy. And uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, he said, so you can take that bad batch, don't worry, of, of wine, which you were well, putting. If, it was, if, if, if I'm going to pour it down the sink, maybe we could distill it and do something. That's great. It. That's incredible. Just going back, when I lived in the Middle East, people, because in particular, I didn't live in Saudi, but a lot of expats would be in Saudi, and they literally made uh, the, the, 
grappa or whatever, and, and it was people. It was awful, <laughs> but that was yeah. all you could get. Exactly. So that's why I joined this little amateur wine group yeah. uh, out of Silver Springs, and I learned a lot from those guys. Right. Uh, currently, actually, we have a guy here. His name's Bill Rennie. Uh, he comes and he does uh, tours. Every Wait, Sunday. so so Jock and I talked offline a little bit. Is that the fellow who comes in on Sundays yes, who does the, the tour? Yeah, he's and he he's got the history. Yeah, yeah. he used to be a um, uh, amateur wine judge yeah. in Alberta. He was the uh, head amateur wine judge. Uh, he taught me a lot, as well as a lot of the guys in the group. Right. And uh, so that kind of ways of the way we were making wine in Italy here in Bridgeland was kind of like the uh, informal the art of doing it yeah. but ne- never the science i learned a lot of the science from these guys uh combined the art and science together and started making some uh, great wine so how did you and you and jacques get together i mean what yeah. was the jacques maybe you can so tell we, us a little uh, we 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 uh, we met at the distilling course it was a week-long course and uh, in uh, Kelowna at urban distillery yeah, yeah. and it was a wine there's a big wine region in, in yeah Kelowna, or but they started BC. This, in BC they started distillery probably a bit uh, earlier than in Alberta uh, the BC government kind of put the right uh, the right uh, incentives in place or whatever yeah, right for the small craft uh, distillers to produce now but you're, you're talking not just beer you're talking wine the whole gamut, like or spirits, the NBC like gin, spirits, vodka. okay, yeah, the, the the hard liquor. So Dan and I registered for the same course, and the first Monday morning we sat uh, by each other and uh, realized we're from Calgary. So compare notes throughout the week, and uh, yeah. after the course was over, we kept in touch, and within uh, six months we had already a blueprint, the, blue, the plan, of, uh, yeah, a plan for this. Where did you meet for that? Was it a coffee shop or a beer shop? Or where? Yeah. Yeah, a few different coffee shops. Yeah. Shops. yeah, I think we met a couple of times. The envelope. You forgot the envelope. Forget the napkin. Yeah. You literally had a map. You mapped it out on, yeah. on an yeah. iMap. Like, right. like, personally, I was uh, doing engineering. Like, yeah. you know, electrical engineering had a consulting firm as well, and and I enjoyed engineering. It was a passion of mine, but this was another passion, and I just wanted to see what I could do the next twenty years with this. Right? Oh, you probably got you probably had all schematics done, geospacing, where we yeah, can yeah, locate it. Yeah. You had the, the map satellite, and you, and you found this point. I gotta tell it for the benefit of the four listeners. My sister came on <laughs> as well, but literally, this is the Eisen, the old furniture Eisenberg. Yeah. It's iconic. This itself is iconic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Was well, it just free? We this were location? looking for a location, yeah, uh, more central Calgary. Uh, being from Bridgeland, uh, this came available, but they wanted the entire 19,000 square feet at least. Uh, eventually, they decided the Eisenberg family decided to split into three, and as soon as they did that, we made the space. This is a great split the space into three. Yeah, okay. exactly. So we took 6,500 square feet of this building Sizable. and transformed it into a distillery. So let's, because Jack and I talked a little bit about this. They're still on the other side. The mm-hmm. still. On the other side, there still remains the, the area for furniture. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's a gym, uh, but eventually they have planned to move in uh, something like a restaurant or a brewery or something that would fit uh, nicely. Complement this. Uh, uh, this uh, hotel, yeah. come for those tours. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking hotel tours and you ski yeah. for the weekend mm-hmm. and you are whatever it is and you sit yeah. here. You got all, uh, sorry, and the fitness, like... the fitness center. <laughs> I'm thinking out loud here, guys, but you know, we can, we can work with the, the schematics. You, you guys have the background for the schematics. But so let's, let's take, let's, let's fast forward. We're sitting in 
the the front area. Yeah. But or this you, tasting room. The taste. This called the tasting room. Yeah. yeah. I don't see you haven't bring any product out <laughs> yet. But no. Well, it is ten fifteen. I guess. Still. Ten fifteen somewhere in the world in the evening. But no, I mean, look. So you've created the bar, but you've maintained the frontal, like whatever the, the structure. Yeah. There's these uh, giant curved windows that we wanted to make a good use of. Yeah. Right? And it was there. It was like uh, as a showroom for furniture. So as soon as we... that's exactly what I thought. This, this is probably the front thing where they had yeah couches and nice couches and yeah. so on. So it's, we're sitting in the, the former living room of the Eisenberg Furniture Place. Yeah. yeah. And if you talk to Jack Eisenberg, every time he walks in here, he says, "Oh, that's where I had this uh, furniture oh. and that dining room and this love seat." And <laughs> so yeah. he wow. still remembers that, right? But he's he's super excited that we're in here. And but uh, you're right. This is like proud. there's the. Uh, Edmonton Trail going north, so you kind of got that traffic and walk, yeah. walking traffic for a, a, a whiskey or a sorry, a, 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 a non-alcoholic drink. But, <laughs> so look, so you've, you've converted this. You've done that. There's some there's something about the explosion wall. Maybe not explosion wall. You, you yeah. had to reinforce this window. Is that that, that yeah that window between uh, so fire department wants uh, some sort of. Uh, uh, safety in place when you have a, distil- a distillery because right. it's, uh, we're we're dealing with dangerous goods, i.e., alcohol at uh, and it could expl- it could inflame or implode or explode. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they want to ensure that there's uh, proper constructions in place when you want to separate your tasting rooms from your production area. So that's why there's this window. Yeah, uh, that is. So we're looking. Hours. So the window for the benefit of oh, five listeners now. I can see, it. but literally that that's your distilling room. Yep, with four or five tanks. Yeah. And in this little unit here, the copper, that's copper. Why yes. difference? What's the difference there? Uh, well, copper is super important with, uh, when you're distilling. It right. removes uh, like sulfur compounds, sulfite. Uh, it's oh, okay. an important uh, uh, element. in uh, Versus in the other tanks are just made of stainless, stainless steel. 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 Okay. We use those for fermentation. So it doesn't need require copper. It's just stainless is, is perfect for that. It's more affordable probably than the copper. It is. It's yeah. easier to clean. Uh, copper is uh, great for the distilling process to remove all those sulfites, basically, that could occur during the fermentation stage. So you, both of you, or maybe not Jocks so much as, as Daniel, but that you, the beer or the wine, like I just learned that this morning, that you first make the beer yeah. or the wine to make the bourbon or the... I mean, the, yeah, we just you tell me that. Sorry. Uh, different, yeah, if you no, want to start uh, different mash bills for making uh, beer. Yeah. Uh, to make a bourbon, we use uh, Tabor corn. Uh, we source our ingredients uh, locally. Corn from uh, Tabor. Tabor corn. Brilliant. A wheat from Penhold, um, Alted barley from Penhold, Alberta. Uh, so you. So Penhold just being north of uh, of Red Deer. Just, just south, south of the Red Deer. We're just south. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Just before you got yeah. to Red Deer. So we, we mill the grain uh, here on wow. site. So we uh, we mill, we mash, we yeah. ferment, uh, distill age, bottle, everything here on site. Uh, so when we distill basically beer, we yeah. turn that into your different types of whiskeys. If we have a mash bill of corn, uh, wheat and barley, we're making a bourbon. Uh, we can't call it bourbon because it's not made in the United States. Oh really? Uh, but so what do you call it? But it's still a bourbon. Oh, oh, we haven't decided yet. We still <laughs> well, have some time. Out a good <laughs> but that's like, I mean, that's like bubbly wine. You can't call it champagne. They that's call it true. sparkling wine or... Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Um, then we make also wine. Uh, we basically so you make your own wine? We make our own wine. Okay. We source the grapes, also uh, a couple different places. One but you can California. call wine wine. 
Yeah. Uh, you can. Yeah. Why is that? Why, why is that not patented or? No, no. Wine is just a general term. It's like beer yeah. is a Isn't general per, term. So bourbon and brandy. But the, for instance, when you distill it into a brandy, yeah. there's brandy coming from cognac region, like. Right. So a cognac. cognac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cognac. We cannot call it a cognac. No, I understand that. Yeah. But you can call it a brandy. Yes. But yeah, so sure. bourbon is a region or. Bourbon is an appellation. It's uh, basically a, 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 tr- a name that is protected for a certain. Like cognac region. or yeah. champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Tequila is protected. Has to be made in, the, uh, in Mexico. Uh, actually, grappa is protected as well. It has to be made in Italy or a specific place called Ticino in uh, Switzerland. Wow. So there's all these rules and regulations. Yeah. And obviously, it's to protect protect them because they they're the ones that really we're starting to make that product, right? Speaking of tequila, and I, I, let me catch you off, but there's Hecho Brands, one of, they got one of the, my earlier podcasts, Zach Lister, and they were literally, we talked about the grappa plant, or not the grappa plant, the, the guava, the guava, agave, agave plant, that's it, the, yeah. the guava, the agave <laughs> plant, right, and he literally we had that discussion, and, but we didn't talk about tequila naming, this is pretty interesting to yeah. learn that. So yeah, we distill wine into uh, then brandy. Yeah. Um, we use single varietal grapes, so, uh, most brandies are a mishmash of many different grapes. And this uh, is where brandies. you get the single malt or single... No, no. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. No, that's, that's on the whiskey side. On, yeah. the, on the brandy side, uh, we're making, for example, a Moscato brandy. We're also making a Gewurz Treminer brandy. So they, they're a single varietal grape yeah. uh, that we're turning into a wine that then we're distilling. We're not mixing a variety of grapes. We're doing single varietal uh, brandy. So your brandy, you got to brand it something. Which, yeah, you're going to call it brandy. Bridgeland. Yeah, Bridgeland brand. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Bridgeland brand brandy. Yeah. Yeah. B, the triple B. So right now, we have, well, we have two brandies on, yeah. uh, on the shelf. One is the Bridgeland Gerstaminer brandy. The other one. Oh, you already have names. See, you, before I came along, yeah. you wouldn't named it. You went and didn't name it. You wouldn't <laughs> named it, guys. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so we sourced the Moscato from California. Yeah. Uh, and the, the grapes. The yeah. grapes. Okay. And the Gerstaminer grape comes from uh, uh, a vineyard in Kelowna. It's called Saint Hubertus. I don't know if you've been. I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Right on, right on the lake uh, off Mission area in Kelowna. Wow. Because so, I mean, it's a wine country. You, I mean, there's a lot of good wines yeah. coming. No, 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 no surprise that you went there for a distilling yeah. course. Yeah. So yeah. We, we get them to uh, press the grapes. So they have a big bladder press uh, at their vineyard. They press Jeez. them for us. They ship us the. Uh, no, they don't. Juice. They don't take the, the bare feet and stand and no, stamp no. them in bare feet. Like you know, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. No, so they ship us the juice and then they ship us the grape skins. But uh, you separately. mentioned earlier, the yeah. grape skins are used for making grappa. So yeah, that, so we dis- we ferment this those is skins separately, and then we distill those through. It's one of the only spirits you make from distilling a solid. So we get very little output yeah. because there's very little uh, from the skin. There's very little yeah. content in there. Yeah. But what? But it's still that. But if that texture still gets still, yeah, but, no. no, but that texture will eventually just, that's wastage or... Oh yeah, the, uh, the end uh, The end grape-ish product. or the yeah. end skin. We actually, like all our grains go to a local farmer. They feed uh, that spent grain to their uh, nice. cows. Um, this, the so recycling grapes yep. uh, actually go to another local farmer uh, and he feeds it to his pigs. Uh, yeah. So, he so everything is used. with other proteins and he, he yeah. thought Could you, I think you showed me, no, no, that was the... So I had the other podcast with OT Brewing Company. She said, literally, this is the waste. And it was a big vat or square. She was rolling it out, yeah. and they were going to dump it to yeah. the uh, um, carrier. Anyway, they, that was, yeah. that's what yeah. it was. So, yeah. The, so, yeah, we have a farmer coming the day that we match. He's coming. Uh, he's right there at 2.30, gets the two bins, and come back. Uh, go, go, bring and feeds his, the hogs or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or cows. Wow. Yeah. Or cows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
But they use the fertilizer. Could it be like fertilizer as well? It or? could as well, but I mean, they're more feed interested stock. in uh, the feedstock, yeah, finding food for their animals. Once you've taken the uh, kind of starches out of the uh, grain, which is what we're doing, we're, right. we're, we got to extract that sugar. Um, it's actually a high value feed. And uh, it's good for the animal because uh, it's better for their... And it helps you as well. It reduces your waste. Like yeah. literally, you got a big pile back there. You probably have to get it tested if you're dumping it anywhere or... Well, and that's the other thing. We're kind of inner city uh, dwelling and close to downtown Calgary. Right. Nobody would want like a pile of, of grain in, in the parking lot. <laughs> Except the farmer. <laughs> Brilliant though. But look, if he can't take any more, you just... I mean, there's this is farm country nearby. Oh, they take, yeah. Yeah, so Brilliant. Yep. All right, so guys, look, I, I, I'm really excited, but I, I, my questions are more of my own personal side of it. Like, this process, if I think of a, you know, the 12-year-old or 18-year-old scotch or whatever it is, I saw in the back you've got a couple of barrels, and we can talk about the barrels for a sec, but just that aging process, mm-hmm. how long does that take? Yeah, so that you? aging process, what's interesting, and that's how we came together. Dan uh, was really interested in the brandy, I was uh, more interested in the whiskey, but we realized like both uh, whiskey and brandy making share a lot of the same uh, knowledge. Right. And it's very similar when it comes to the aging. Distilling, uh, lots of similarities, but in the aging, uh, whiskeys and brandies are products that are uh, that are aged for years. Now, yes. in Canada, there's legal definition. So a whiskey needs to be aged at least three years in, uh, in oak. A brandy, <clears throat> not so much. It's six months only. So when you know like those those uh, lowest limit that you need to reach, you can, you're ready to get the, the customer can 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 enjoy that and and can appreciate right when you say that you've got a five years old an eight years old a ten years old yeah like it's my daughter's fourteen so she's got a, she's not quite there and was bought on the shelf yet yeah, <laughs> no I mean but to put it exactly. into context so exactly. this is the, that's yeah. the aging period is long yeah. but what's interesting is different countries have been approaching aging differently like in Scotland the to this day, they strictly use or mostly use uh, used barrels, and you have to know that a barrel is like uh, basically a tea bag, right? Because it absorbs the odors and the smells and whatever right. it is. But when it's used, it takes more time to impart flavor. So oh. take the tea bag really? back to the tea bag. If you put it in a, uh, your tea bag in a cup of hot water, thirty yeah. seconds later you'll have a wonderful you cup of yeah. tea. You can reuse that tea bag but for a second cup of tea. It'll take five minutes. Why didn't right? I thought it was the other way around for barrels that barrels. you know because the, the sherry kegs or the the cakes because we were in we they, were, they will impart other flavor but it'll take time for like the first fill is the best you get the best extractions from the wood that's incredible so the oak like an oak because you've got a few kegs in the back uh, or barrel, sorry. Yeah. The keg is up here. Yeah. <laughs> That's on tap. The barrels, Wait, you're not a, this isn't yeah. a beer place. The barrels are all made of oak. Okay. oak. There's different type of oaks. There's the white oak, American oak, that's yeah. used for whiskey. There's the European oak. Uh, in our case, we get our oak from uh, French forest. Uh, Italian this barrels, made of French, uh, French oak. And uh, it's an oak that will impart more, uh, more sugary, uh, 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 Flavor like uh, vanilla wow. and so on. So it's come, that comes out of the wood, yeah, yeah. somewhat in some yep. in some yeah. form. Absolutely, and, and it mixes together, or it makes. It does mix really yeah. with the. Yeah. So all our American white oak barrels are charred. So basically, the process is they blow a flame through the barrel. The flame touches the inside of the barrel for about forty-five seconds and turns it basically black, like carbon. Yeah. Uh, all our European barrels are toasted. So what they do is they take the uh, same type of wood that they make. Put the barrel it in the oven from. or. No, they, they create a flame, they put the barrel above it, 
but the flame never touches the inside of the barrel. Right. It just toasts it over about 45 minutes. And that's what we're using for brandies and grappa. And the barrels we get from Italy are actually manufactured uh, 20 minutes from my family's farm. And so they're, Coincidence? they're still local to me. So. <laughs> but I mean, you literally have that contact back home and yeah. those that, yeah. I guess your supplier yeah. is coming from the Italian. Yeah, so we ship them overseas and uh, wow. I mean, they're the best barrels you can find. And we said, well, we better uh, put some investment into our wood. Uh, each one of those barrels is about $1,200 Canadian. $1,200. Yeah. That's the investment we put in because yeah. we want to product that's going to be premium. Now what you have to know is each barrel has, a, has a, at least a, a first, uh, a, a lifetime of imparting flavor of, of about 12 years. So yeah. we'll be able to use these barrels for a first time, a second time, and a third time, right? Right. So it's, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the accounting to me will say you can prorate that over X the life yeah. period of the amount of barrel, liters yeah. that you, is it liters or how do you measure it? The yeah. bottles that or you produce from that. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 The fun thing will be in a, you know, even a year from now, a couple years from now, is to start reusing these barrels to finish other products, like finishing a grappa in a bourbon barrel, uh, finishing a single malt in a brandy barrel. Yeah, that's when we're going to have some really interesting uh, products uh, in addition to what we already have, and uh, it's going to be fun times. Well, that's the thing. We were in South Africa years back and went to a wine tour, and the guy was telling us about we're making this wine out of sherry kegs from the US. Or this one was kind of, yeah. I, I just remember the sherry kegs on sherry. Yeah. It was just, it's another type of a drink, of course. But. Yeah, so the, the idea here is that we're gonna finish our products in used barrels, but they're gonna be our used barrels, not somebody else's Yeah, and it's brought in and yeah. brilliant. Because yeah. cross-pollination between our brandy and whiskey and grappa program will happen then. Yeah. You get the flavor, that's when you have a unique yeah. flavor. Yeah. We, and you could have your own name, the Bridgeland brand, or would it, would it like of a bourbonish yeah. brand? Anyway, sorry. Guys. So yeah, most distilleries are also doing gin vodka uh, with our equipment, our pot still. It's traditional pot still. Uh, it's not conducive to making gin vodka. It's not something we were. I lived in, in Russia doing. for for many years. You know, yeah. it's good vodka. Vodka's <laughs> everywhere in Russia. <laughs> but you know, a white brandy. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, it has a lot of flavor. Uh, it's right. still like a uh, very clean product, but with personality. And it's the personality of the original agricultural product, which yeah. is the grape. So, uh, so gin is made from grapes? No, no, no. No. Oh. no, I'm just saying our brandy. Oh, okay. Our brandy. So um, I guess a white brandy. I'm so naive in this, guys. This is like, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. really, this is really fun. So Basically, uh, you're asking, how do you make whiskey? You distill beer into whiskey. How do you make vodka? You distill whiskey many, many times uh, until it's flavorless, odorless, colorless, which is so the definition of just keep heating it, yeah. run it through the distiller, or you have drops a, off. a different type of equipment. You notice our still, it's a big pot still. Yes. Very simple. Uh, the vodka gin maker would use a column still, which they would have on the side or on top of a column, you which at the number of distillation you can do at one time. So that, you've got a, the rounded, the rounded, it kind of the coil oh, all the yeah. way to the top, the ceiling or across. Yep. Yeah, the coil is meant to impart more uh, copper contact with the vapor going through. Okay. And, and that's, you asked about copper before. Yeah. Um, we're trying to pull that sulfite out because uh, you don't want sulfites coming through. We always make sure that... Is that released to the air, atmosphere or something? Where's that? No, the it's a, the sulfite uh, comes in contact with copper, creates a byproduct called uh, basically copper salt. Okay. It's an aqua blue crystal and it just washed down during washing uh, process. Yeah. Okay. Wow, it's fantastic. Uh, Louise, I see that that one's called Louise. Yeah. 
Ivor, is it Ivor? I, I can't see it now, but Victoria, yeah, you, so that you've named them all. Yeah, John all is over there. Different bridges in uh, Bridgeland, oh, in, or in Calgary. Calgary, I should say. Um, wow. So our, our beautiful still is manufactured by Vendome in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's, you know, she's the uh, kind of Ferrari of stills. And uh, so we named her after the Louise Bridge because she yeah. was made in Louisville. Uh, Irish Strong, uh, that's a bridge down Deerfoot Trail uh, in the south of Calgary. Okay. Uh, he was an engineer, and both Jacques and I were engineers, so we put that fermenter yeah. first. Some history. You guys have something. There's a story. Ben? Ben is, is the Capro Bridge. <laughs> Capro Bridge. That's down by the old, the old yeah. brewery, the old yeah, uh, Calgary it. brewery. Yeah. It leads in somewhere over there. The funny story of that one is that that bridge gives a lot of grief to a lot of Calgarians when it's sub-zero. Right? Capro, because it freezes Capro or ice freezing. is up. Exactly. Well, seemingly, our, our, our mash tun gives us a lot of grief. Right? <laughs> so, it has not been the best designed mash tun, but we're, we're dealing with it. Right? <laughs> well, guys, I really thank you for your time today. Just to hit this home, what do you think is really important over the next two to three years for I mean what, what were the key key factors I'll let Jacques start first yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll go over to Daniel for the next yeah, few years I, for the next few years for us it's uh, well get our name on there and uh, get to educate people about what's craft distillery right people right. know uh, they go in liquor stores see a lot of uh, spirits on the shelf but uh, a lot of those uh, have been crafted with, uh, with passion, like what we do here. Some of those have been just manufactured in a big... Two volume, uh, high volume. Industrial high. plant, yep. right? Right. So, and, and there's a difference in, in taste. There's a difference in, uh, in, uh, in every step of the creation of that product. And yep. we want people to come and enjoy... And experience uh, that. Have a, yeah, experience but it just, it just comes about, go back to your cakes and barrels. Yep. Sorry. You, I, I, I apologize for that. Yeah. The barrels and casks. Because the keg is just it's a beer thing. <laughs> But literally, I remember this Scotsman I used to work with. He's a geo, he was a geologist, and um, he, he literally said, "I'm I'm in a keg, or sorry, I'm, I'm I bought in to this thing." Yes, yes. So they bought in literally, he, and there was a whatever it was the volume of this yeah. year, and I, it was probably ten years ago, and he bought a piece. Mm-hmm. So he bought I don't know how many of the casks, but or but percentage, but literally it was a group. Yeah, I don't know if that's something. And we have a barrel program as well. So uh, we we have a barrel program to make uh, brandies, whiskey, grappa. Uh, recently, uh, just at the end of last year, we had uh, Spolumbos come through. Uh, oh, okay. Tony yeah, the, They've got the cafe. I, that's right. I, I did invite them to the podcast, but I haven't heard back yet. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they're they were born in Bridgeland as well. And uh, they were very interested in what we were doing. They came through. I'm going to send this recording tour. to them and say, listen, <laughs> listen, these guys are telling us. Yeah, they came well, through with uh, yeah, tour, uh, some of their friends yeah. uh, uh, as well. And like they're not two small guys. There's some, yeah, no, the, the, yeah. As we talked earlier, the, the, the linemen of the Francis St. Francis was <laughs> bigger than the stamps at one time. Yeah. And Spolumbo's were part of that. Yeah, and they came through. Uh, we talked about our barrel program. And they said, hey, guys, uh, actually, we're quite interested if you would make us an Amaro which is like oh. a, an Italian bitter kind of liqueur. And uh, nice. so they asked if we would do that, and we said yes. So we did uh, four different batches yeah. for them to taste. And how uh, many how many barrels were that? Uh, it would be a barrel, a oh. uh, 200-liter barrel. Okay. So, and, uh, yeah, they were just doing it for friends, family. Nice. Uh, Basically for fun. Well, like so. That's a little micro type of a let's yeah. pass on. That's it. And yeah. because of that, wow. we, we created basically a new product, uh, our Amaro. And to be honest with you, uh, I've tasted a, a lot of Amaro, and it, this is one of the best I've ever had. <laughs> not to say, like, <laughs> not to be biased or anything, but uh, they think wow. it's fantastic too. And uh, we're getting a lot of 
people coming through yeah. uh, hearing about it because we actually named it after them, uh, Spalambo Zamaro. Uh, so that's kind of my goal also. Yeah. Uh, besides, you know, a lot of people know about whiskey. Not a lot of people know about brandy, uh, grappa. Uh, my goal is to kind of spread the word, make sure that people... What's like a, having like little, almost like your guy on Sunday mentioned the fellow that does the tours, yeah. put a little courses and combine it with a drink I don't know whatever you do but you that awareness that campaign and education yeah. is, it's huge well, it's, or a course at SAIT or a course at Mount Royal yeah. or Bow Valley or whatever yeah. but you know what's interesting is uh, we believe that brandy and grappa are the next tequila right? tequila if you if you uh, if you go back in lemon time, and salt we don't have no guys <laughs> don't, don't put me back there don't put me back there but if you go back 15 years ago tequila was not the iron product it became right, right. it was like uh, a subpar genre of, uh, of alcohol and now it's iron it's part of every uh, people's mind when uh, when you want to buy uh, a premium product there's amazing tequilas out there and I love them uh, and there's some really bad ones it's the right. same with uh, grappa I've had the best and the worst grappa of my life in Italy, right? <laughs> and we're making some and you can, you can, you can relate. So. <laughs> Personal relationship. Wow, guys. Yeah. Really, Daniel, Jux, thank you so much today for, for this time. Thank and I uh, appreciate uh, your, your... All right. Thanks for coming. Thank you, sir.